Father, we just welcome you in this place as we come together on this Wednesday night. I thank you, Father, for giving us the opportunity to praise you, the opportunity to glorify your holy name as a corporate body together as one. I thank you, God, that you have not left us and you have not forsaken us. God, that your plan is already still is still in motion and nothing has messed it up and nothing can. You are in control, Father. So, Lord, we give you our hearts, we give you our lives, God, our, our yes to everything that it is that you want from us. And we welcome your presence in this place, Father. This is my desire to honor you. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. And all I have within me, oh, I give you praise. And all that I adore is in you. Lord, I give you my heart. Oh, I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me. This is my desire, Lord, to honor you, Lord, with all my heart, I worship you, and all I have within me. Oh, I give you praise And all that I adore is in you Lord, I give you my heart Oh, I give you my soul I live for you alone Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart, oh, I give you my soul. I live for you alone, every breath that I take. Every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. Oh, Lord, have your way in me. Because this is my desire, Lord, to honor you. Lord, 
Lord with all my heart I worship you and all I have within me I give you praise and all that I adore is in you Lord I give you my heart oh I give you my soul I live for you and love every breath that I take every moment I'm away Lord have your way in me Lord I give you my heart I give you my soul I live for you Lord every breath that I take every moment I'm away Lord have your way in me Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm away, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, have your way in me. Because I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? All I want is all you are. Will you meet me here again? I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Cause all I want. Is all you are Will you meet me here again? I can't go back to the beginning I can't control what tomorrow will bring but I know here in the middle Here's the place where you promised to be I'm not enough unless you come Will you meet me here again? Cause all I want is all you are 
Will you meet me here again? As I walk now through the valley, let your love rise above every fear. Like the sun shaping the shadow in my wings your glory appears I'm not enough unless you come will you meet me here again cause all I want is all you want Will you meet me here again? I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Cause all I want is all you want. Will you meet me here again? Father, we welcome your spirit. We welcome your presence in this place. Meet us here in this place, Father. Meet us here in this place. We worship and we praise you. We glorify and we magnify your name. Come and be with us, Father, as we worship you. Let us worship at your feet. Oh, oh, oh. We invite the King in, we invite the King in, we invite the King in, we invite the King in. Forsaken, the Lord is in this place. Lord is in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Not for a minute. Was I forsaken? The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Always in this place Not for a minute Was I forsaken The Lord is in this place The Lord is in this place Come Holy Spirit 
dry bones awaken Lord is in this place Lord is in this place So we sing holy 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 is the Lord We sing in holy 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 is the Take off their crowns We're overwhelmed by the weight of your glory You're lifting higher as every knee bows down Cause we're singing holy Holy, holy is the Lord. We're singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And everything changes here in your presence. Nothing can stand before your majesty so be magnified until earth looks like heaven Jesus shine brighter until the whole world sings we'll sing out holy Holy, holy is the Lord. We're singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord. We're singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Earth is waking with this holy roar. 
join with all of heaven singing holy is the Lord the ground is shaking earth is waking with this holy roar we're singing holy 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 is the Lord we're singing holy 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 is the Lord holy 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 is the Lord join with the angels join with the saints lift up your praise and we lift up your name sing holy 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 is the lord we join with the angels we join with the saints we lift up your praise and we lift up your name singing holy 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 is the Lord. We join with the angels. We'll join with the saints. We lift up your praise and we lift up your name singing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. We join with the angels. We'll join with the saints. We lift up your praise and we lift up your name singing Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord Oh, holy, holy you're holy God you're holy God and you require holiness you require righteousness thank you Jesus for shedding your blood and making a way for us to be in the presence of the King making a way for us to be in the presence of the King and every you wonderful beautiful glorious matchless and every you wonderful beautiful glorious matchless and every
glorious, matchless in every way, wonderful, beautiful, glorious, you're matchless in every way, wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way, wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way. Heaven is trembling and all of your wonders The kings and their kingdoms are standing amazed And heaven is trembling and all of your wonders Kings and their kingdoms are standing amazed And here in your presence We are undone Here in your presence Heaven and earth become one In your presence And all things are new Here in your presence Everything bows before you And here in your presence And we are undone here in your presence Heaven and earth become one Here in your presence All things are new And here in your presence Everything bows before you trembling and all of your wonders the kings and their kingdoms are standing amazed and heaven is trembling and all of your wonders Kings and their kingdoms are standing amazed Here in your presence We are undone Here in your presence Heaven and earth become one 
here in your presence and all things are new here in your presence everything bows before you wonderful beautiful glorious matchless in every way wonderful beautiful glorious matchless in every way wonderful beautiful glorious matchless in every way wonderful you are beautiful, you're glorious, you're matchless in every way, wonderful, you're beautiful, you're glorious, you're matchless in every way, wonderful, oh, you're beautiful, and you're glorious. You're matchless in every way, you're wonderful. Oh, you're beautiful. You're glorious. You're matchless in every way. Oh, you're matchless in every way. Matchless in every way. You're 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 matchless, you're matchless, you're matchless in every way. Oh, you're matchless in every way. Oh, you're matchless, you're matchless, you're matchless. Oh. Jehovah, you're Jehovah, you're Jehovah, 
有着火花，有着火花，用灼热你心。I'm nipping, wonderful father, you're Jehovah, you are Jehovah, you're Nisi, matchless in every way. Glorious, glorious, matchless in every way. Father, you are a provider. You are a healer. You are a deliverer. You're the great I am, omnipotent Father, all-knowing, all-loving, a just God, and there is no one like you. You're matchless in every way, and God, we don't deserve you. Through your blood, only through the blood. Only through the blood, only through the blood, the blood of the Lamb. Only through the blood, only through the blood, the blood of the Lamb. Only through the blood, only through the blood, the blood of the Lamb. Oh, we are made pure, because You are wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way, wonderful. Beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way. Wonderful, beautiful, you're glorious, matchless in every way. I have a sense personally that those words, those five words there. That part of the song, I can see someone who passes from this life into His presence, who walks in and catches their first glimpse, and just says, "You're wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way, wonderful." I mean, really. I mean. <laughs> What can you say? You're matchless. There's no other words. I mean, you know. I mean, I, I don't know. I never. We've sung that song hundreds of times, you know, over the years, and, and, and that just hit me. You know, for the first time seeing him, what would we say? Wonderful, 
thank you for the privilege of coming into this place tonight and knowing that as we gather in your name that you're here we sense your very presence your holy spirit bears witness with us so father we pray tonight for the children ministry between ministry and youth ministry and even in here lord the rain may be coming down outside, but God, your presence is here. And we pray that lives would be touched for your name, for your kingdom purpose, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't y'all just take a moment and just turn and greet someone. Maybe you don't know or haven't had a chance to say hello. I know a lot with the rain outside, a lot of folks are missing and a lot of folks came in a little bit later, so just take a few minutes, just turn around and greet someone tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, this is our Mid midweek prayer meeting, and whoever's been praying for rain, you can stop. <laughs> that, or if you're praying for a boat, let me know. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's been coming down. Praise the Lord. Um, Pastor Josh and them and Caitlin had a family funeral this afternoon, so uh, I told them I'd cover tonight. And um, uh, I want I want to do something I haven't done in several years. You know, at the end of the, we have a time of worship, we have a time of teaching, but then we have a time of corporate prayer, and usually we have stations set up with different outlines and points and things like that. But we're going to do it just a little bit different tonight. I like variety, don't you? Once in a while, a little variety, right? Yeah. And so uh, I, I, we're still, I'm, I'm going to be talking about prayer tonight. And uh, Justin, can you put, I thought I had it on there. Might, might not have. Um, there we go. I want to talk about praying biblical prayers. I thought it was kind of funny because Sunday, I talked about, uh, if you were here Sunday, I talked about uh, praying foo-foo prayers. <laughs> and uh, I felt bad about that afterwards. I said, somebody got, probably got offended by that. 
But you know, that's it, that's just like it's in other words, it's saying what you call a what you might call a prayer, but it's just saying words that because somebody expects you to say words and there's no meaning behind it, there's no uh motive, there's yeah, you just you're going through the motion, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah, and that's and that's really what I meant, you know. But I mean, some I thought afterwards, somebody probably got offended by that. But anyway, so but I wanted to. This this was on my mind for the last few days, and was was talking about praying biblical prayers, and um, and let me just give you a little background. I've told this before, but some of you may not know this. Many years ago, when I was pastoring way down south Louisiana, and this was a long time ago, this was back in the 80s, early, um, mid-80s, my mom and stepdad, um, my stepdad at the time was a Methodist, United Methodist pastor. He later retired, and my mom went to school, and she became a United Methodist pastor. But they were visiting us when we lived in, uh, I believe it was in Tibet. Or in fact, it was. We were living in Tibet. We just moved to Louisiana in 83. And um, so, man, that's a long time. been living in Louisiana, huh? <laughs> this is tw- 2023. 40 years? Oh, wow. <laughs> and, but anyway, um, <clears throat> I heard that Dr. Uh, David Yonggi Cho was going to be speaking at a church in New Orleans. If you don't know who Dr. Cho is, he at that time was pastoring a church in, in, in Seoul, South Korea, and the church was running a half a million people. It later got up to over a million, and you think, how can that possibly be? And the thing, here's the crazy thing is that he would start a church in like neighboring villages and towns and stuff, and they'd say, okay, we need to start a church over here. We need 20,000 of you to go over here. And they would start a church with like 20,000 or 30,000, that kind of thing. And every time they'd split off, more people would come in. And uh, one, of the, one of the key things that um, they did there was he, he bought a mountain, and they they. Um, dug out all these little caves and things in the side of the mountain and they called it prayer mountain where people could go and fast and pray it was not it was not a resort so don't get me wrong it's it's a mountain with a little cave cut out of it and that's it i mean there was no running water no anything and um uh, there was a lot of pastors from the u.s that were going over there at the time because they just heard how there'd be, at any given moment, there'd be thousands and thousands of people up there fasting and praying. And um, so <clears throat> he was coming to New Orleans to speak. And um, he also, at that time, introduced a pastor that was from, at that time, from Walkwall, Texas, named Larry Lee. And both of them were talking about prayer. Larry Lee had just written a book called How to Spend One Hour with God in Prayer. And, uh, and um, Dr. Cho came and talked about the importance of prayer, how he learned that they would not be seeing what they were experiencing in Korea and South Korea without the power of prayer. 
And so there was this emphasis on prayer. And Dr. Larry, when he spoke, he talked about how he learned, even though he was an ordained minister, had graduate degrees and stuff from seminary, he really didn't know how to pray. And, you know, he would read books about people who would spend hours in prayer and stuff. And, and, and if, you know, I, he'd say, I, I just determined this is the day I'm going to spend an hour in prayer. And he'd pray and pray and pray. And when he'd get done, he'd look at his watch. And nine minutes had gone by. And he's like, how do people do this? And so anyway, he proceeded to um, give basically how the Lord has showed him that the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 is really an outline of a prayer. And that's what I'm, I'm not talking about that tonight, uh, per se. But uh, on the way home, my stepdad and I were talking. And he was much older than I was and had been in ministry at that time, probably 30-something years. And, and uh, he was just amazed by the, the conversation of prayer. And he said, I've, I've never spent, he said, I'm not sure if I spent an hour in a week in prayer, you know, and um, we, he, I, I, I was honest and said there were times that I was just determined I was going to pray through the day. I'd read books by Andrew Murray and all these other people who spent two hours, three hours, five hours, you know, and I'm thinking, I can at least spend an hour, you know, it was those words that Jesus, remember when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he came back and found his disciples asleep and he woke him up, then he went and prayed again. He came back and he said, could you not spend at least one hour with me in prayer? Boy, I remember I came back and I thought, that's me. You know, that's the way I feel like, you know, the Lord's saying, can't you spend at least an hour with me in prayer? And um, so I told him, I said, this is the week for me. This is going to be a life-changing week for me. I'm going to, I'm going to follow that, that outline, that formula, that whatever. I can do that, you know. And, and, and I did. And I was so excited about it. Man, it was like for the next few weeks I was so excited. And, but um, all of a sudden I found that even though I was spending an hour plus in prayer, it was becoming rote in my mind it was just it was like okay five minutes on this and five minutes on this and ten minutes on this and whatever it just became the same as what I, I was doing more but what's more if it's if it has no meaning if it had no life-changing experience or whatever and so one day I heard about praying the scriptures and immediately I kind of turned it away because I was raised in a religion that had a prayer book with all the, the prayers for the each day or whatever, you know. And I'm like, no, I ain't going there. I didn't want anything to do with it. And so I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure this out. And so I stuck to my old stale ways. <laughs> and after a few weeks of this hour or plus, whatever, and I was like, this is no better than what I, what I had going before. And so... Uh, at that time, I heard about a guy um, in the Kansas City area who said he spent three to five hours a day in prayer. But not only that, he made his pastoral staff spend three to five hours a day in prayer. And I'm thinking, how do you get anything done? And, but I remember reading a story years ago about another uh, man of the, the 
and the Lord who said, he said, if I didn't spend at least three hours a day, I never got anything accomplished. He said, I found that the time I spent with God paved the way for everything else during the day. Whereas if I spent little time with God, then I was dealing with battle after battle, after problem, after obstacle, whatever. So he said, the more time I spent with God, the less time I had with all these other things. And um, so uh, I thought, I, I don't believe he spends three to five hours a day, and I don't believe he makes his staff do that. So I drove there and wanted to talk to him and talk to people on his staff and found out that as I listened to them talk, there was such, there was something that they had that I didn't have. And even though I had known the Lord for, at that time, for over 40 years, there was something that they had that I wanted. It was like an intimacy with God that I was lacking. I knew the right words. I knew all that. But I wanted whatever it was that they had. And I began searching and uh, this, this simple practice of praying the scriptures. I, and this is not going to be in-depth at all. But I want to give you first, before we get into that, Four simple reasons why people don't pray. Now, if you don't believe in God, that makes sense. But I'm talking about people who believe in God. And the first, the first two are spiritual, and the last two are practical. Okay? The first one is they don't really believe that their prayers will be answered. Okay? Has anybody in here ever wondered if their prayer will be answered? Yeah, come on, let's be honest, okay? Um, and so, and the second, the second one is that there's sin in their life. And it's hard to pray to God when you know you're living in sin. <laughs> Dear God, I need you to do this, but uh, oh, look the other way on this thing going on in my life, right? Um, the third one is that they don't set a time to pray. They, they have the mindset that... Uh, Oh, you know, I'll find time during the day. You'll never find time during the day. And, and then the fourth one is they don't know how to pray. They really don't know how. It, it would be kind of like if, if you don't know how to pray, play, pray it would kind of like be sitting down at the piano and pretending you know how to play. <laughs> Have you ever heard someone sit down at a piano who doesn't know how to play? Yeah. So... The solution to the first two problems, the spiritual problems, is that you don't believe or that you're living in sin, is to repent from the unbelief in sin. Because when you repent, God forgives. Okay? So that makes access to God available. And the second thing is, um, you have to set a time and a place. Because if you're going to learn to pray, you have to show up. <laughs> it's, I mean, right? I mean, it's like, uh, I want dinner, but I, I don't have time to get there. Well, then you're not going to eat, you know? I mean, that's all there is to it. And so one of the main reasons people don't pray is they don't set a time. They don't make a time. And, and I'm just going to say this, that many who don't, will, when they hear it, they get under conviction about it, and they go, okay, I'm going to give an hour. Well, if you're not used to doing any, I would say 10 minutes or 15. Like, you know, I mean... That's just the way it is. I mean, you, you start off 
you know, because what happens is the enemy comes in and tries to defeat you because you didn't do what you say you, you were going to do. So anyway, um, and the other thing is uh, they don't know how to pray. And so what happens is Christians tend to default to prayerlessness. They don't pray. In fact, most surveys showed that Christians say they should know they should read their Bible and they should pray. And the two things that most Christians don't do is read their Bible and pray. It's amazing. And so when you don't know how to pray, the thing is to ask. The disciples, they had been brought up in, in the Jewish faith. They had been taught the prayers uh, for bar mitzvah, all, all of those things. But when they saw Jesus pray, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. So they asked. They, and, and to me, that's the thing, you know. I remember uh, growing up in a very religious home and, and all of those things and went to parochial schools and all nine yards. And uh, I could go into great depth on all of that. But I remember when the day came that I realized I needed Jesus. And my mom turned to me and said that morning, it was two in the morning, uh, February 28, 1970, she turned to me and she says, you just need to pray and ask the Lord into your life. And she walked away. And I began to cry. And I remember that as a teenage boy, I began to wail and cry. Because it was almost like there was the answer right there, but I couldn't get it because I didn't know how to pray. I was raised with memorized prayers. I learned them in two languages. I mean... I mean, I, I knew every prayer that, I, that there was that I had been raised with, but there was not one that said, Lord, forgive me of my sin and come into my life. I surrender my life to you. I mean, I didn't know how to pray. And my mom came back to the car and she goes, what's the matter? I said, I don't know any prayers like what you're telling me to do. She said, just talk to God like you talk to one of your friends. And I, I, I remember the most spiritual prayer I ever prayed that was that morning. And I just said, God, I'm a phony. I'm tired of living this way. If there's anything you can do with this life, I give it to you. But please, I can't go on anymore like this. There was no scripture. There was no amen. There was no nothing. But I can tell you the weight of the world went off my shoulders. And Jesus came into my life. I didn't even know that's what had happened for several days until someone explained that to me. Um, and so praying is a matter of praying with words from the heart, words of meaning. Sometimes we think praying is spiritual if we use a different voice. Preachers are famous for that. And I make fun of them all the time when they do it because tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock we opening this church and we've invited ministers and prayer leaders from around the city to come and pray. No agenda, just pray. We're asking God to come and move in our city. We need him to move in our schools. We need him to move in our families. And um, we can talk beforehand and we can talk afterwards and we all talk like this. But the minute you call on them to pray, most of the time their voice changes. And they go like this, and they go, Oh, Lord God, we call upon you this day. And I'm thinking, Dear God, you're going to have a hernia trying to talk like that, you know. I mean, who, who are you kidding? God knows who you are. 
I've heard people do that, even just a, a dinner. You know, they, then they get real spiritual, like if they can deepen their voice or make it louder or whatever. It's just say what you mean and mean what you say. Um, <clears throat> and so that's, one, that's, a, that's the main aspect of genuine prayer. It's from the heart because God already knows us better than we know ourselves. But the second thing is, and that is um, not only praying from the heart, but praying words from the scriptures. Second Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. First Corinthians 2.13 says, says, When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. Okay, that's what the Word of God is. It, it is inspired by the Spirit of God, written and recorded for us, in words that we can understand to explain or break down for us spiritual truths that we can grasp and learn from. So, in other words, all of that is done by God, okay, for us. It is a language of the Spirit. It is a language of prayer. And over the years I've learned, or I've, I've come to the conclusion that there are many different categories of what I call biblical Prayers, and I'm just put a bunch of them up there for you right today. Again, this isn't um, uh, exhaustive or anything like that. Uh, the first one is the theophanies, and theophanies is a fancy, fancy word, but it is. There were times in the Bible where God revealed Himself in the form of man before Christ came. Um, Jacob wrestled with God, and yet it says he was a. It was a man. Um, Abram entertained three strangers, remember? Two of them were angels. One, we learned, was, was, the, was God in flesh. So there were sightings, or, and, and a theophany is really just like um, uh, these incredible encounters with God that are found in scriptures. They're revelations of God. Then there's the Psalms and the Proverbs. Psalms is a huge book of prayers. I mean, I mean, the, the psalmist said, Oh Lord, where are you? My enemies are coming against me. They have threatened me. They have made plans to take me down. Where are you? I mean, does that sound like a prayer? Yeah, where are you? But then at the end, he'll come back and say, But you, O oh Lord, are my shield and my strength, my high tower, my place of refuge. And you, I will trust. Those are prayers. There's uh, songs of the prophets. There's the apostolic prayers of Paul. There's prayers that Jesus prayed. There's prayers in the book of Revelation. There's prayers in the Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. Um, all of those things, each one unique, and they reveal God in different ways. Okay, and that's the, that's the thing about praying scripture is that we learn something more about the character and very nature of God when we begin to do this. And I'm going to break this down for you real easy. And then I actually have some outline things for you that we could actually do this tonight, okay? And, but I want to just show you this. These are just very simple steps. But let's take one of Paul's prayers 
And uh, he was praying for the believers in, the, in Colossia. And he was praying that they would know God's will, that they would be fruitful in ministry, and that their, their walk with God would be strengthened, okay? So let's look at uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. Let's look at this. And this, this was his prayer for the people, okay? He was praying to God. He said that you, speaking of the people there, may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That, so there's one aspect of the prayer. He's, first, he's, he's praying that they be, they be filled with the knowledge of his will. But not only that, knowledge of something without wisdom can be dangerous. Come on now. I know people who are knowledgeable, but they have no wisdom whatsoever. And I know other people who may not have an education, but they're wise beyond their means because they have wisdom. And, 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 and here's a biblical truth for you. I'll just throw this in. Knowledge plus wisdom is understanding. Because there are things that we can know about the Bible, know about God, but not understand what God is doing. And we get frustrated. And you know what? We learn over time through experience and through teaching and through, but mainly through experience, we learn wisdom. Like you can have the right decision. You can have a right, a, the right decision at the wrong time is, a, is still a bad mistake. But the right decision at the right time is a good thing. And so you say, well, how can it be right and be wrong? Timing is everything. And so if you have knowledge but you don't have wisdom how to apply it, then you don't have understanding of what the fallout could be or what the blessing could be. So he's praying here that you may be filled with not the knowledge of his will, God's will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. How can this, how can this, what, what could be the consequences? What could be the outcome? What could be the benefit? All of those things. Then he goes on, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. So what's he saying there? Walk worthy, that we should desire to walk worthy of God and not just partially pleasing him, but fully pleasing him. Being fruitful in every good work. Now we're into something else here. He's talking about that everything that we would do would bring forth some glory to God in some way. And then he goes, and increasing in the knowledge of God. In other words, not just standing still, not just sitting on what we know. Oh, I've learned something. I'm going to stay here and plant myself on that, you know. Increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, According to his glorious power, notice it's his might, for, by his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. That was his prayer for the people. And, and th there is so much in there, you could spend a week just breaking that down for yourself. You could, you could pray in the beginning, just the, for Lord, 
I desire to be filled with the knowledge of your will in all understanding and in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, God. Help me to understand your will. Help me to understand that, God, it's not my will but your will. Help me to understand that your timing is different than my timing. Help me to understand. I mean, that's, that's what praying the scripture does. It gives us direction of how to pray. Okay? So let me give you a few benefits real quick of praying scripture. And the first one is it not only gives the person praying words or words to pray, but words of substance. How many times have you heard someone pray? Uh, and, and, and please don't be offended by this if you hear me say this or anything, but, but sometimes we think the, that the faster we can pray, the more spiritual we sound. And, and I hear that all the time, and people run, their, their mouths running faster than their brain can think, and so they end up repeating the same thing over and over and over again. And, okay, we all, we've all done it, so let's all just look at each other and congratulate one another. We've all done it, you know. But, we, but, you know, when you stop and think about it, Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven. He didn't, and, and yet we get in a rush and we like, Father, we want you to do this, and Father, this, and Father, this, and Father, we come to you before you, and Father, you're such a great God, Father, and, and we, we just Father, 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 it because we're not thinking about what we're, what we're praying or how to pray. Well, praying the scripture helps us not just give us words, but gives us words with substance to it. And what happens is our biblical or praying vocabulary begins to grow. Because when we looked at that, those two, three verses before, there was so much stuff in there. Will, wisdom, uh, strength, might, patience. I mean, all this kind of stuff. Uh, our praying vocabulary begins to grow. And the understanding of who God is begins to increase in our life. Our faith begins to um, develop and become stronger. Uh, the life of the person who's praying matures and begins to show the character of God because that's what we're called to do is to reflect his character, to represent him on earth. And then we find that the power of God begins to be, find release in our life. That we can literally, it's not a matter of praying a long prayer. It's just a matter of having already prayed and having that relationship that you, can, you could really go over to someone and, and just lay hands on and touch them and just in a sentence or so say as much as you could in 10 minutes because we're being led of the Holy Spirit. We're learning to pray. So one of the first benefits is not only giving us words to pray, but words of substance, Okay. It's not the same repetition. In fact, Jesus talked about the Pharisees who think that their, their being heard for much made them spiritual. And he said, don't pray like the Pharisees. In other words, he was, he was saying, don't, don't pray flowery prayers, long prayers. Uh, not that we can't pray a long prayer, but he was saying, don't say that. Just don't pray like that. In other words, pray words of substance.
Okay? The second benefit is that praying the scriptures is praying prayers that are God-focused. Most people, when they pray, they're focused on themselves. God, I need this. God, I need this. God, help me with this. God, give me a parking place close to the front door. God, keep the rain away. God, do this. God, do this. It's all about us, 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 us. The scriptures are not that way. I'm telling you, most of them are focused. They're God-focused, okay? And so, um, in fact, they're so God-focused. I have to say this. Because I've been around the block a few times, okay? I mean, I've seen some stuff. And stuff goes around, comes back around, comes around, and comes back around. I remember when deliverance ministry became a, a thing in the early 1970s, okay? And it all became about demons and casting out demons and all these things. And here's what you, I would hear this over and over. It drove me crazy. And I was a teenager and I could figure this out, but I heard adults praying this way. I heard my pastor praying this way. But they'd come into a church service and they'd come up here and in the pulpit, before they preached, they'd spend 10 minutes in prayer, eight minutes of rebuking devils. Do you know what that does? It just gives glory to the devil. I rebuke the spirit that would try to interfere with this. I rebuke any demon that would try and cause problems. I rebuke any demon. You should have prayed those prayers before you ever stepped in the sanctuary or whatever. That, that warfare is done out there. But when you get up in here and then you start rebuking every demon and every devil and everything, and then we say, in Jesus' name, all you did was spend nine minutes rebuking demons and drawing attention to the darkness. It, like they're so powerful that if we don't pray, we're not even going to be able to worship God or anything. Look, in my book, at the name of Jesus, demons tremble. And when people, God's people come together and begin to worship, he's in the midst of them. And I never saw anywhere in the Bible where demons stayed around where Jesus was. In fact, when Jesus showed up in, the, in, the, in Gadara, the man that was possessed in the tombs, he said, they, the demons cried out and said, why are you here? Have you come to, to torment us before our time? So um, <laughs> uh, that doesn't mean that we can't rebuke demons or that we can't rebuke sickness, but um, our, our, our focus in prayer should be God-focused. Um, God is bigger than any demon in hell, all the demons in hell put together. Um, so when we pray the scriptures, we're praying the character and knowledge of God. We're, we're God-focused, okay? The third benefit is that it opens up a realm uh, in prayer that's not usually touched upon in prayer. What do I mean by that? Our desire to know God better becomes so evident when we pray the scriptures. For example, when, when praying what I call the prayers of the prophets, we, we uh, in both their lifestyles and their language, we get to know God in a more personal and passionate 
way our knowledge of God increases, the character of God we become more aware of. Um, he gives us greater insight into the heart of God. There's all kinds of things. So how do we pray the scriptures? Let's get into that. And, and, and um, <clears throat> first one is you pray the Bible out loud. You pray the scriptures out loud. All right? Do you know why, God, why we should pray the scriptures out loud? Yeah. I heard a guy say one time, he said, so you know when you stopped. <laughs> and I thought, what? And he said, so you know when you stopped. Um, how many of you have ever been trying to read the, your Bible and your mind just starts wandering? Come on now. Or you start to pray and you remember, oh, I was supposed to call so-and-so back. Oh, no. You know, we, our mind wanders. It's, it's amazing how quickly it does. And speaking out loud allows us to concentrate on what we are saying. I'll give you an example. I used to teach methodology to um, um, Christian educators. And, and I talked about this. And I did this. I learned this. And when I was a youth pastor... I used to do an annual lock-in with young people, and I called it a Bible reading marathon, and they would go, oh, no. I said, don't worry, we're going to have pizza and food and fun, but we're going to have a Bible reading marathon. And, and I would make them pair up with, like in twos, and that they had to read out loud to each other. I said, just, I'd say start in... Like Matthew, and and uh, I was or starting John or what I'd give them on, and just say you read a chapter, you read a chapter, you read a chapter, you read a chapter, and read it out loud, and they would do this like around the clock that night, and we'd have breaks for other things, but they'd come back, they read and read and read and read, and then I'll never forget the one of the kids that I had the hardest time with in my youth group. He was the distractor. He was the one that caused all the problems. His name was John, which I thought was funny because my brother that's 13 months younger than me, his name was John. His name is John. And, um, and uh, he was trouble. I mean, with a capital T, trouble. And so the first time we did this Bible reading marathon thing, I made him get with somebody, and I said, you got to read. They got together, and I went, walked around and noticed they weren't reading out loud. Oh, we're, we're reading it alone. No, you read it out loud, one to another. Take turns. I don't care if you want to do every other verse, whatever, but you got to read it out loud. And they did that. And then we had a prize, you know, for like who, who it read the most and, you know, just different stuff like that. But um, his parents called me that evening when I sent him home on that Saturday evening. We had done like Friday night through Saturday, like noontime. And uh, they called me and they said, what have you done to our son? I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what has he done? I don't know. Said, he's in his room. I said, that's bad? They said, he's reading his Bible. I said, and that's bad? They go, 
He's never done that. And I, they said, what did you do to him? I said, I didn't do anything. The next morning he comes to church. He's never in Sunday school class. I, I was teaching a junior high Sunday school class. He comes and he's, he's a, he's make it stop, make it stop, make it stop. I said, make what stop, John? He said, those words, they won't stop. They're going over and over in my head. He said, they're just like going over. And over. I can hear them all in my head. And he said, I said, how far are you? He said, I'm halfway through Revelation. <laughs> and one day, day and a half, he said, make them stop. He, I said, is it, is it a bad thing? He goes, no. He said, but I can't shut the words off. I said, you know what God's doing? I said, the Bible says he's renewing your mind. He's changing the way you think. He's reprocessing your brain. He went, well, then I don't want it to stop, do I? And I said, no, you don't want it to stop. And his parents started coming to church. They never came to church. And they just said, I don't know what you did to our kid. I said, I didn't do anything. It was the word of God did that. And, and so... Um, but anyway, this exercise I used to do, I said, if you don't think that your brain and your mouth are connected, then do this. And, and that I would always tell people, I want you to count from one to ten out loud. You know, not like one, two, three, four, five, but one, two, three. And at some point in the middle of your counting, I want you to think your full name. Okay. And what would happen is you would, you'd, you'd hear it all over the room. You'd have adults doing this. One, two, three, four, Joanne Smith, five, six. They, they, couldn't not, they couldn't think their name and speak out loud because the frontal cortex of the brain is tied to the tongue, and this is where we think right here. And so as long as they were speaking, they were, it was one or the other was going to come out. And, and uh, so when we pray the Bible out loud, our tongue is tied to those words, and it helps in our focusing. But the other thing is that it helps in our faith, because Romans 10:17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so by reading the scriptures out loud in prayer, it's not only bringing our full focus of attention forward, it's, it's building our faith. It's releasing faith. We're hearing the word. And, and that was the thing by having a read-a-thon thing with these kids. It wasn't me just preaching at them. They were literally preaching to each other by reading the word back and forth. They were hearing words that maybe they would read and and you know how we get, you just start reading and you're skimming and then you go, I don't know what I read. And I got to go back and read two pages back again, you know, but by reading out loud, it stopped that. Okay. And so when you pray the Bible out loud, you're not only speaking the word, you're hearing it and your mind and your faith is being renewed and trained and built up. Uh, the second thing is read the scripture out loud verbatim. And I, and I suggest that you read these scriptures 
and pray them slowly. Because instead of going, and we pray that the God of peace will build, blah, 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 blah. You're not getting anything from that. Phrase by phrase, word by word. And if you want to do this, if you're reading a word that you don't understand, go look up the word or go get another translation and kind of look and see what it is or get a strong concordance. Look at it, stop and reflect and say, what is, he, what, is, what is the scripture saying here? I am praying that you might have all knowledge of the will of God in wisdom and understanding. Stop right there. What does that mean? What is he saying? Break that down. That I might have all knowledge. What knowledge? Godly knowledge. Knowledge that comes by knowing God. That comes from knowing his word. But, you know, break that down. Don't just gloss over it. Just grab hold of it and chew down on that thing. The next thing is, read the scripture out loud, emphasizing key words. Again, if I go back to that verse we did in Colossians, he says, I pray that you might know his will. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm going to put emphasis. I, it's got to be his will, not what I want. His will. And, uh, and with all wisdom. In other words, not just my viewpoint or somebody else's viewpoint. You know, In other words, take your time on that. You cannot pray well when you don't know what you're asking for. So stop. Digest it, look at it, whatever. Let me, let me go on. The next one is read scripture out loud and personalize it. This is, this is powerful. When you're praying these prayers, you personalize them by changing the pronouns. And that you ask God, that you're asking God to do what is all in that prayer. So let's go back. I know you don't have it, but I'm going, I'm going to, I took the same passage that we read earlier from Colossians 1, 9 through 11, and I've, all I've done is change, I'm, I'm going to change it right here, personalize it, okay? And look what it says. Lord, I pray that I may be filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, and that I may have a walk worthy of you, fully pleasing you, being fruitful in every good work, and in increasing in the knowledge of you, Jesus, that I may be strengthened with all might according to your glorious power, that I may experience all patience and long-suffering with joy. Oh, all we did was change the pronoun. All we did was change it and personalize it. What would happen if we prayed that for a week? How powerful would that be? You're sitting there praying that I may experience, I may know by experience, all patience and long suffering with joy. Not patience and long suffering, but with joy. <laughs> You know, and you, you pray that, get ready. There's going to be some trouble coming your way. There's going to be some trying things, and you're going to go, with joy, long-suffering, patience, with joy. <laughs> you know, I mean, right? I mean, this is, this is a very simple prayer, but it's, it's, you can make this as personal. 
You can, you can um, if anybody's ever read the Amplified Bible, you know, they take certain words or phrases and then they add all these extra words in there to kind of emphasize that. That's, you can do the very same thing there. You can just say, Lord, I pray that I can be filled with the knowledge and look up that word and look at knowledge, understanding, um, uh, the, the, to know you. I mean, you can, you can make your own Amplified version of it and, and you're making it a prayer, okay? I mean, that's all it is. It's, it's, it's pray. Then pray that same prayer over your family. Pray that prayer over your spouse. Pray that prayer over your church. Pray that prayer over your pastor. Pray that prayer over your boss on the job. Pray that prayer over a coworker. Pray that prayer. Telling you, an hour go by so fast and you only prayed one scripture. <laughs> and, and you know what? You've probably prayed a prayer more powerful than all the other prayers you've been praying because we're praying, oh, dear God, help me get through this day. We got this project doing. You know how she is when we have to, you know, we're under a deadline. You know, I mean, again, those are self-centered prayers. Now we're praying Godward prayers, God, God-focused prayers, okay? And, and when you do this, you're praying like the disciples, you're praying like the apostles, and, you're, and, you're, and you can expect the same results, okay? Here, here's the last one, and that is read the scripture out loud and be led by Holy Spirit. Just be led by him. You may be praying a, a, a few verses, but then all of a sudden you read something and it, Holy Spirit speaks to you about a situation in your life or a situation in someone else's life or a family member's life, or whatever. Be led of the Spirit of God. Don't get locked in to where you can't pray some, you know, all of a sudden he leads you. Follow that leading. You know, Jesus said the Holy Spirit's like the wind. He goes this way, and then it goes this way, and then this way you know not where. You know, so we have to, we have to do that. We have to be led of, of Holy Spirit. And when you begin to pray prayers like this, it won't be long and you'll be praying that you'll be praying before you discover that every word is packed with meaning. And, and, and above all things, ask your heavenly father to give you through these prayers a revelation of his heart. If these words are the God-breathed prayers of the spirit of God, then they are the revelation of who God is. That's just the way it is. <clears throat> let me, let me um, I'm read this to you, just three verses from Ephesians chapter 3. Paul, the apostle to the believers in Ephesus says, I don't think I have this up there, I'm pretty sure I don't. Oh, I do. Okay, surprise. <laughs> But look what he says. This is almost like a salutation prayer, even though um, chapter 3 is not the end of um, of the book of Ephesians. But he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Now, see, you could stop right there and go, okay, what is he saying? He said, and he's praying that 
out of his glorious riches, God's riches. There is no end. The, 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 God has no shortage. He has no, you know, think about it, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. What is he praying? That the spirit inside of you would become stronger than the flesh and the emotions and everything else. Then he goes on. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray, this is his prayer. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Now what if you personalize that? See, we're changing. We're asking God all these incredible things. He said that you may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's his prayer. There's a lot in those three and a half verses. A ton I could take that for a week and break that down. One verse a week for me and, and then break it down for my family, my wife, my children, my grandchildren, my church friends. And, and I'm like, wow, those are powerful prayers. Whereas if you ask me to pray, I'm going to, Lord, do you know the needs of my family? You know whatever they are. You know, 20 seconds later, I'm done. You know, how much more powerful is it to pray powerful words that are God-breathed, God-spoken, God-centered words, okay? And so, uh, you know, normally we would get up and we'd have stations around here and we have just sample topics and stuff, but... Let me just do this for you so you don't have to come. I've written down a whole list of scriptures and stuff. Um, and I've expanded on those just a little bit for each one of you. You can take this home, it's front and back. There's, and this is no, by no means exhaustive. It's just some examples. I, I've put in bold heading there. Um, I've put in bold heading just what the topic or the, uh, what it's about. And then, here, bro, take that. Is that a different copy? No, they're all the same. Yeah, they're all the same. I ran more copies than I realized with all the rain, we probably wouldn't have hardly anybody here. And, um, but let me get one and show you. And, and this is not exhaustive. I'm telling you, I've got pages and pages of these that I've made for myself over the years. Um, so the first one, and, and, um, and honestly, the first one is my favorite, Ephesians 1, 17 to 19. This is, what, this is my favorite one. I've prayed this over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Um, and, um, but it is pray, a prayer for the revelation of Jesus' beauty that we might walk in the calling and destiny of God's power. And then the next one, Ephesians 3, 16, 19, I just read that, is praying to receive the Spirit's power that Jesus' presence be manifest in us. The next one is prayer for God's love to abound in us by the knowledge of God resulting in righteousness in our life. 
The next one is prayer prayer to know God's will, to be fruitful in ministry, have intimacy with God. On the back, it's prayer for unity in the church and to be filled with supernatural joy and peace and hope or confidence. Prayer to be enriched by all the gifts of the Spirit, including powerful preaching and prophetic revelation. Prayer for the release of grace to bring the church to maturity, especially to abound in love and holiness. Prayer to be worthy or prepared to be made spiritually mature to walk in the fullness of our destiny in God. These are just a few of, God, of Paul's prayers. These don't even deal with all of those or Jesus' prayers or the prayers in Revelation or the prayers of the prophets or the prayers of the Psalms or prayers. There's just so much in there. And I think that we do ourselves a disservice by just looking at the Bible and going, I need to read my Bible. And just thinking somehow that if we read enough of it, we'll grasp hold of something. I would rather that you read a paragraph over and over and over and and digest that spiritually until it becomes a part of you than to say, well, I have to read 10 chapters today, you know, that kind of thing. What did you get out of the 10 chapters? I don't know, but I did my 10 chapters, you know, that kind of thing. You know, I'm, I'm like, read a paragraph of it and stop and ask yourself, I've done this talking about Bible study, what did I just read? What was the one main thing that stood out to me? How can this apply to my life? How can I apply it to my life? What do I need to do to do that? To me, that's more beneficial than reading X number of chapters and just so we can mark it off and say, I, I read it through in a year. But if, if there's no growth from it, no benefit from it. So it's the same thing when it comes to prayers. And I just, I put this together just to, like five o'clock tonight, just I just grabbed a few of, of them off my computer that I, I've put together over the years. And um, in fact, years ago, I bought a CD that has nothing but apostolic prayers on it. And it's powerful. It's powerful because it has music behind it and everything else. In fact, I got, I think, two or three of them over the years I've collected. And, um, but it was the, I listened, I bought it because I was trying to learn the benefit of praying the scriptures. And the easiest thing to do is take one and personalize it. Begin with personalizing it and just grow into it. Just grow into it. And so, um, no, normally we get up and walk around or whatever, go to the stations, whatever, would you take five minutes and take one of these and just pray you can you can get up and move if you want and personalize it and pray it slowly thinking about what you're saying but personalize it for yourself pick a different one doesn't have to be any particular one or you, or you can take any verse you want in the Bible and do it. But um, take a few, because for me to teach this and then not give up time for you to apply it is, is kind of foolish. And I want you to be able to do that. So, Brother Justin, put just a little bit of music on, please. Thank you, Lord.
God. Anybody like to take a moment and just like one aspect of the verse that you prayed? What a, what was the one aspect, one one major thing out of that that really stood out to you? Anyone? If you don't want to answer, that's fine. I just thought it, it, you might want to share it. Unity. Okay. Oh, okay. doesn't mean right right that's good that's good righteousness but this time it was the, the part of the verse that says that um, that you may approve and that word approve I looked at is, I put in there is rejoice in the things that are excellent and that God wants us to do things in excellence he wants us to walk in excellence that he would approve of that I want I want my heavenly father to we have that mindset then you know we say we want to stand before God and hear well done good and faithful one but if we walk in excellence that would that he would approve of then out of it comes the fruits of righteousness and so instead of praying for the fruits of righteousness I'm like well Lord let me walk in excellence before you 
Help me understand what that means. Show me the things that are not excellent. You know, because we, we all know that good can get in the way of excellence. We can settle for good when God wants us to walk in excellence. And, um, and, and so that he can rejoice in those things. Um, and and that, that I can do it and not be found in walking in offense against the things that dis, that please him you know so anyway I hope this has been a help to you tonight you know I know we talk about prayer on Wednesday night and uh, a little bit different but this to me it changed my whole prayer life years ago and I just had it on my mind uh, and I said I'm going to do this tonight so anyway does anybody have special need of prayer tonight for anything you want us to pray with you about anyone? No? Yes? Father, we just thank you that you said we could come to you and come boldly before your throne to find grace in time of need. And we lift Leah before you right now, and you said if we would ask agreeing concerning anything, it would be done for your glory. And so we pray for her healing in her body right now. And Father, we come against a spirit of discouragement that would try and hang itself on her. And, and, and Father, just... just bring revelation knowledge we've asked for that revelation what the situation is but god you can touch her right now just touch her and let there be a point of healing in her life and father that the discouragement would fall away that father that hope would spring alive again we pray this in jesus name now i pray over every person here as they leave this place god protect them as they leave your angels be round about them give them rest for their weary bodies and minds tonight lord god that father and then i pray that your favor would go before them in every way and that doors would open and would abound to them that are your blessings upon their life we pray it in jesus name